Welcome everybody to Five Day Rentals. Uh, we're going to be getting into some world entertainment tonight with Hulk Hogan and Tiny Zeus. And we're going to enjoy a nice set of wrestling events for the evening. I was going to do a whole ring announcer intro, but I decided against it. What so do you doing? mean, Mean Gene? Oh, shit. Can't do Jesse Ventura. How dare you? Yeah, that's bad. That's way better. All right. Mean Gene, how dare you disrespect what I wear to the show? Is that Jesse Ventura? Yeah. Sounds. Ooh. Is he here right now? Ladies and gentlemen, Jesse Ventura. I do have a question for you, Mr. Ventura. Okay. What were you wearing on your head? When you were talking to Mr. Mean Gene. Those were the beads from a car sheet from a 1978 Mustang I wrecked. Yeah. It looked like it. How did they smell? Like gasoline. (laughs) (laughs) You have any political ambitions later on in life? I've been to the top of state government. I've seen documents. I've seen what I need to see. Is there a lot going on out there in Minnesota? I don't say more than I need to say. <laughs> I'm simply here to add color commentary. Why isn't Mean Gene here? Mean Gene, are you still there? I, I don't. Obviously, I'm being left out to dry here. <laughs> you want you want me to jump in for Mean Gene? This is as close as that I was trying to get a little the attention off of me. Well, Mr. Ventura, we're going to we're going to move on with a movie that you starred in in 1989. Do you happen to remember that No Holds Barred? I was in the movie for approximately 15 <laughs> seconds. What was that like? I was slightly longer the governor of Minnesota, so I'm used to these short-lived things. Well, you looked great, and uh, I really liked your style. This is totally a, an Adomian thing. I feel bad. I I can't do the Ventura we're, impression. We're jacking somebody else's main thing. Well. Listen, I got in and got out about as long as this movie's good. Do you understand? 10 minutes yeah I was there for about a day Mean Gene came in after me he's such a a, such a diva can't have anybody in the makeup chair when he's there hair product and all that yeah very specific with the stash how was Hogan if ever I were to go into combat Hogan would be the last on my list. You understand? <laughs> oh, you did work. He's with nothing. Him. He's nothing but in, indirectly racist to any indigenous people. <laughs> he's always overeating, always bloated, always working out these sleeping arrangements with kings of state, asking how their wives are. He seems like a strange fellow. He's got a. One too many bandanas loose, if you know what I mean. Is that real hair? 
Now, you started this by insulting what I was wearing on my head, but we've allowed Hulk Hogan that look for 50 years. 62, sir. Just Who else is in this movie? Can you go on? Well, tonight, guys, we're going to cover No Holds Bars, 1989, directed by Thomas J. Wright. It stars, of course, Hulk Hogan. Uh, it's got Kurt Fuller in it. it got Tiny Lister as Zeus, his, uh, the heel there. Um, and a whole bunch of other guys. Jesse Ventura, Gene Ogerland, Howard Finkel makes a appearance. Uh, rest in peace there. He just recently passed. Who's that? That's the ring announcer. Okay. Howard Finkel. The let's get ready to rumble guy? No, that's Bruce Buffer. Get your ring announcers right, Kyle. God damn it. I'm sorry. I only know the one, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is Five Day Rentals. Um, I'm your host tonight. I'm Dan. I got my... uh, Two amigos here, Mr. Bones and Mr. Kyle. How are you guys? Hello. Doing great. Everything good? All things considered. It's an NPR podcast and they don't pay us. Okay. Um, Why did you pick this movie? Well, our category was big assed and I felt that these were two big assed gentlemen that are in this film along with some other big assed people that are in this film there's a lot of big assed people in this film there are a lot of big people I imagine some of them died of like heart failure because their structures couldn't handle the pressure you know like a great Dane is Lister still alive? Tiny Lister? Or did he pass? No. He died of COVID, I think. Did he really? Yeah, last year. Shit. Not of I think he got COVID and then maybe died later with complications. I don't want to speak out of turn, but I know he passed. Well, rest in peace there, Mr. Uh, Lister. Zeus. I was, I was just reading a thing about his role in Human Centipede 3. Yeah, I do have some notes on uh, at the end of, of that Regarding Mr. Lister. Regarding Mr. Lister? Regarding Mr. Lister. Mr. Lister, was that an 80s band? Um, no, you're thinking of Flock of Seagulls. Oh, okay. Guys, if you made Human Centipede 3, why wouldn't you call it Human Centipede? Hmm. Do you think uh, Human Centipede's going to make its way to this podcast eventually? I hope not. Yeah, same. I've never seen it, so. But the title is just right out there for the taking. As soon as I said the words Human Centipede 3, it came to mind. Well, I think you're always on, whereas the Human Centipede 3 people... Sounds like they think things through a lot longer. They should have brought me in for rewrites. Yeah. They might overthink things. Sounds like they kind of just pass it on to each other down the line. 
Exactly. Anyway, fuck human centipede. We'll probably never cover that on No Holds Barred. Our <laughs> five-day rentals shit. I'm already fucking up the name of our podcast. Anyway, speaking of our podcast, five-day rentals, we now are live, or I guess that's what they say. We're available on Spotify, so go check us out. Um, more, what do they call those? Platforms to come once I get all this shit figured out. Uh, we do have... I think- yeah, I think we're getting better. Yeah. And I think we are alive no matter when you're hearing this. Yeah, I'm alive now. No, we're alive. We're recording live as you're listening. Oh. Yeah, that's I true. Can, I can't believe Blowing my mind. what President Ventura did. Ventura. Can you only imagine? Ventura 2024. <clears throat> All right, folks, uh, first thoughts. The problem is the money in the politics. <laughs> Do you understand? Mr. Ventura. It's not a Republican issue. It's not a Democrat issue. Mr. Ventura. Issue. We're it's a dollar amount issue. Mis- you can't have CEOs making 700 times. Oh, all right, move along, not the show. Move along to the door, sir. We only needed you for the intro. Thank you. Do you have anything else to add? I will periodically make my way into the show. All right, all right, that's fine. I'll I'll allow it. Anyway, first thoughts on uh, No Holds Bars, gentlemen. Did we have a good time? Do you think this movie exclusively aimed for individuals age 10 to 15? I would say 8. Okay. To 14. <laughs> yeah. I'm certainly not. I'm outside the uh, proper mental capacity to enjoy this movie. Now, is this the. This isn't not the height of, of Hulk Hogan here, is it? This is kind of right before it. Am I, am I correct on it? This is before I, WrestleManias, right? Or no? I, guess I, I think you're going to be our de facto wrestling guy on this I'm, so. I'm the wrestling expert on this yeah I, I I watched very very little what I really know of of Hogan is Hollywood Hogan oh so you you were like back yeah when he jumped back to WCW or whatever well in my knowledge of wrestling is exclusively limited to Doink the Clown hey, what about Dink well I know of Dink because of because of my interest in Doink. You also, like, being named Dustin in the 90s at the height of Gold Dust was also a big pain in the ass. Yeah, that's, they, a, that's a compliment, man, because he's the son of the American dream, Dustin Rose. Yeah. Uh, but you're, uh, you grew up on that shit, right? Weren't you, like, a big nature boy? Ric Flair guy? Wow. Still am. Okay. I'll... Sorry, Mr. Flair, if, you, if you're listening. Are you apologizing for liking him? Yeah. No, I'm not apologizing for liking Kyle, because that's one of the greatest entertainers in uh, sports entertainment. Why do I have to? Why do I have to be the guy that defends wrestling? 
You don't. I'm not saying you have to defend wrestling. I'm saying you are going to know more about it. Well, let me take you on a trip, gentlemen. Okay. 1989 is the year. No holds barred is our movie. What do we start off with? Of course, a goddamn wrestling match, of course. We start with some growls. We start with some some men getting on each other. Some uh, hey, And the growls never stop. They don't. That's, so uh, there was a constant growl or grunt mm-hmm. soundtrack through this entire movie. Huh? Tim Allen, are you? Did you join the party? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> um, I'm just glad we all have our impressions figured out. You've locked it. Bones has Ventura. <laughs> I can do a killer Tim Allen. Just his sound effects. Yeah, that's it. It's really just those two sounds as well. That's whilst you're wearing an Al Borland shirt. Mm-hmm. All right, we're showing our age, gentlemen. We start off with Hulk Hogan defending his title and his latest match. I guess that's what it is. Uh, we come to find out that our main character's name is Rip Thompson. So, his, of course, his name is Rip the Wrestler. Uh, his colors here are blue and white instead of his regular uh, ketchup and mustard yellow and red. Uh, and his signature uh, calling that all the fans are saying is rip them with a little uh, shocker almost like a yeah. yeah it's not a shocker it's not a devil horn he's got the index finger cocked back yeah and I didn't know if that was maybe because he couldn't straighten it it's like a lamer but it always looked it's like a it lamer t- hang loose but yeah, it kind of stuck out a little further than the other ones, though, too. Yeah, it's. Yeah, we're... but when he's really into it and he's doing both of them, it looked. Uh... Rip up! Rip up! Yeah. Rip up! There's a uh, we pan to audience view, which my favorite guy. I don't know if you guys caught this. Was a guy with that red hat on that said "shit happens." <laughs> Super quick. I don't know why I caught that, but I did. I thought it was hilarious. So They're foreshadowing. <laughs> Shit does happen in this film. It's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we get back to the match. Rip is defending his title against, I don't even know who the fuck it is. Um, Jake Jake Bullet or something? Is it? Yeah, it's something like that. I didn't catch yeah. his name. Jake Bullet or Buckshot or... Jake Bullet. He's defending his title against Jake Bullet. This is where we get um, Mean Gene Okerlund and Jesse the Body Ventura as the commentators. And yes, Jesse Ventura is wearing. I don't. I don't fucking. I paused it and I still didn't know what the fuck he was wearing. It's like a Cleopatra headdress or something. Yeah, he's got the headband like on. Bo it. Derek from Ten. Did you notice that whenever Rip is entering? Like his walk-in music's playing. There's a part where Mean Gene says, there's always been a special relationship between Rip and Randy, but ever since the unfortunate loss of their parents, Rip has been more than just a brother. What a backstory to develop for those characters. Yeah. Could you imagine Hulk Hogan? I mean, you've lost your parents at the 
at the age of what 51 i mean <laughs> he looks like a boiled sack of meat his brother looks like he's i don't like yeah what's the age difference there hulk is 50 and his brother is 25 <laughs> he was clearly a fucking accident maybe that's what killed his parents she died in childbirth, and he was like, fuck this, and shot himself. Well, I mean, that's my plan. <laughs> Dying in childbirth? <laughs> All right, so Rip, Rip and Randy, right? Yeah, those are the brothers. And then his trainer. He's got his trainer there. Charlie. Yep. Yeah, his trainer is Charlie. Bill Henderson is the actor's name there. So anyway, Rip is defending his belt against the number one contender. Uh, We cut to our villain of the story here, Mr. Brell. Uh, He's watching the match from his... Very 1980s office building, I guess, from the um, competition. He's the competition for World Television Entertainment. Mr. Brill Network. Network. World Television Network, sorry. Yeah. And uh, he keeps saying, like, oh, man, we got to really get this guy. It's going to up our ratings. For some reason, he's super obsessed with just getting fucking rip instead of investing in other ideas. But apparently wrestling is ginormous because that's all that's on the news anytime the news is on in this film. What I can tell you is like about a year ago, I forget the name of the podcast. I'll try to look it up while we're talking. They did a several part series about um, WWE F. It was F at the time versus WCW. And they go a lot into like Vince McMahon versus Ted Turner. Yeah, we'll get having, there. yeah, having no like knowing that like, you kind of see what the what Brell's sort of based on. Oh yeah, that's what I was gonna go into. Brell okay. is Ted Turner, pretty much. But we got some other facts. I don't know if you guys did any more research on this movie about what happened. <laughs> Insane. So anyway. We meet our villain here, Mr. Brill. He really wants fucking Rip to come over to his WTN so he could, you know, get him ratings, I guess, so they can make a lot of money. Of course, Rip uh, wins the match. He puts him in a chokehold. Um, we cut back and forth between the office and the wrestling match. Uh, we cut back to... Mr. Brell in his office and we kind of cut to everybody in there which just looks like a sexual harassment case just that's ready to happen with all those gentlemen there. I mean this was the late 80s that kind of stuff just you know. I believe that there were a few actors in there that played the same character as Brell did just like a shit ass boss. There's at least a, a guy in there that I know's played a few shitty bosses. Yeah. I couldn't believe how strong that remote control was. 
he threw that thing against the wall and they cut to it like it was supposed to shatter and it just fell. I was kind of impressed. Well, yeah, Mr. Brell throws the remote because Rip wins the match and he says, I need a meeting with this fucking guy like tomorrow. So that's I do, we... I do like all this guy's names for Hulk and wrestlers. He calls them jock ass a lot. Uh, yep. At this this part where he's talking about getting killed in the ratings, he says, you know, we get crushed every time this guy rolls around with some sweat hog. Yeah. It's like a real, uh, you know, real weird insults this guy's got. Yeah, he comes out at a 10. Yeah. He's almost as intense as Zeus. Mm-hmm. Zeus is about a 12. Yeah. But we'll get to Zeus. So, Rip wins the match. We go back. Gets he wants he wants Rip in his office the next morning. Somehow, Mister uh, Brill Brell gets through here. So, Rip shows up at the office the next morning. Oh no! Isn't there like a board meeting first? Oh, where yeah. he fires the one lady. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. she. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're they're Rip. Are they're giving out? Um, let me see here. She's giving out ideas, giving, right? Yeah. She suggests yeah. like a sitcom or something. <laughs> he immediately fires her. Yeah, we cut back. Okay. He wants Rip to the next work. That's when we... They also show Randy there at the at uh, Rip's match there. Yeah, she sets him up for like a pie... Some Something about a pie contest or something sitcom. Or some shit. She gets fired. He's also holding a giant crystal. I would love to see the pie sitcom. Yeah. Yeah, that was not a bad idea. Who needs Young Rock? I need Hogan and Pie. <laughs> we need Young Hogan. NBC, there you go. Is it a pie eating contest or a pie baking contest? See where Hulkamania came from. So he's pretty much Mr. Brill's obsessed with still he's still on the rip the rip kick here. He says um everybody has a price. So that's his thing to get rip into the meeting. And then I think we cut to the meeting, right? He gets out of a limo. Walks upstairs. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do you guys think Hulk went with Rip because he thought his name was too long normally? I Isn't his real name like Terry something? Well, yeah. His real name's Terry Boela or something. Yeah, so I, I was like, Boela. oh, Terror and Rip. That's simple for him to remember. I thought he was just, Rip. Hulk's too long, brother. And Al's too lame. One, Maybe. one, too, one too many letters. Call Maybe me Rip. Maybe that was his second choice, and they were like, no, let's let's go with Hulk. How about that? Or maybe that was his regular wrestling name that he first came up with, and then they changed it to Hulk whenever he got into the business. Yeah. Rip. <laughs> Rip him. 
All right, so we cut to the meeting with Hulk, or Rip, and Mr. Braille. Yeah. Did you take extensive notes on uh, Hogan's wardrobe? Uh, biker gloves. And just It's a specific choice in every scene. Mm-hmm. It looks like a uh, bicyclist like suit almost. Yeah, this is this would be the black and red one, right? I don't think that's this one. That's the one after this, isn't it? I think this is a no, blue one. I thought it was the black uh, and red one because he goes right from this to the, the dookie scene. It is. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I was gonna it, going too far. It's crazy that like Hulk traditionally had so many like, turtle uh, head there. You know, like head wraps and stuff because. He he really hates the black community. Yeah. Whoa. This has got real. Except Sadie. He he loves him some Sadie. That is true. Hulk Hogan in real life is a fucking asshole though, guys. Just just so everybody knows. We don't support Hulk Hogan on this uh podcast. <laughs> Unless he wants to come and explain himself, we'll be open to that interview. But I don't think he could handle us. I can't think when I'm bloated, brother. <laughs> so we we get to the meeting. Hulk is wearing a ridiculous ass shit. He's got the gloves on. He's got the headband. Or is it a almost like Vader? Yeah, it's it is red and black. Yeah, it is. By the way, like, this was on Hulu, guys. I seen it today. I think he's got like a weight belt on over his skin tight suit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's always wearing a weight belt. He's prepped. It's not holding anything up. His name's Rip, and he didn't even rip his shirt off during this whole film. No, he did. Did he? Yeah, he does the rip in the beginning. Oh, when he comes out? Yeah, before he fights, like in the first match, the opening match, he does the rip. Oh, shit. I didn't even notice. I thought about that at the end. I'm like, he didn't rip his fucking shirt. What no, a, he ripped it. What a ripoff. So anyway, we got Mr. Brill. He sets whole, our rip down. Sorry. Um, rip doesn't really say a word. Obviously, Mr. Brill is the actor in this film. So um, he says, yo, like, I'll give you a blank check pretty much to come over to WTN and quit whoever you're with. They don't, uh, do they ever say the name of the company that he's with? I mean, no. obviously and it's WWF. But. So we should bring, we could bring this up now. There's one time there's a mention that he's under contract with the other network, mm-hmm. but then that is it. Mm-hmm. When he goes and speaks to them in the boardroom, he never says anything about, hey, I'm trying to be poached. WTN's coming after me. Like, there's, zero reference to what that would entail. And then it's like once, well, when you get to the end of it, but once he's physically threatened, then he's somehow allowed to go fight Zeus. Yeah. They don't really, they don't go into like the contracting of that fight. No, they could have done something else where fucking Brell bought him out of his contract or sabotaged him or something to maybe explain it. But 
they really don't mention it after that first meeting. Yeah, it's just, well, I guess Randy fucked all that up, but. <laughs> Fucking Randy. Yeah, way to go, Randy. Fuck you, Randy. I can't wait to talk about Randy later on. You already, ki- you already killed. The joy I got out of it. You already killed both your parents, and now you're fucking up Rip's life, too. You literally ripped your mother apart in childbirth. And your a shotgun ripped your father's face off. She was 73, giving birth to you. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. So anyway... Mr. Brell attempts to get Rick, a uh, rip, Rick, God damn it, to become part of the network, WTN. And of course he refuses. He says, Hey, I'm, I'm under contract with this other company. You know, uh, Mr. Brell gets very angry. Uh, he calls rip a, a jockass. Again, he Again. uses this phrase. Did you count how many? There's there a, a jackass counter. There's, there's at least four, at least I four. think. Yeah, I was going to say four yeah. as well. So, um, of course, Rip is not uh, too happy with that. Uh, he takes the check and shoves it into Mr. Brown. After doing mouth. what? He rips it. Oh, does he rip it? <laughs> yeah. Man, I just miss all the rips. Yeah. Shit. You were looking for them too closely. I was Mm -hmm. looking too close for those rips that rips. Gonna let them wash over you. Mm -hmm. I was like Rip Van Winkle. I was sleeping. Yep. And then he, yeah, he shoves it into into Brell's mouth and uh, says, "I won't be here when this check clears." (laughs) Yeah. Which is a good line. It's a good line. It's one of the three that Hulk Hogan has in this film. So. Do you like your accommodations? He knows French as well. (laughs) We'll get there. (laughs) Oh, Shante. (laughs) The foot-long hot dog. (laughs) So, yeah, so now Rip is, uh, he's pissed and he's getting out of there. So he goes and gets in his limousine. Yeah, he leaves the boardroom we cut to him getting in the limousine. We cut to also to another limousine following them, but it doesn't really go into that. I don't think it ever really answers that. I thought they're maybe, in the they're in the limo district part of town. No, just yeah. un- unrelated. So uh, we cut to Rip in the limo. He says, "Drop." I think he says, "Drop me off at." this location or whatever and i guess he passes it so rip gets pretty concerned and then all of a sudden the driver hits something and uh some like shields go up on the limousine windows is that what's like were? yeah it's like yeah, the little he, partition he's like you should have went that way you should have made a right there and then after like the, the second time he doesn't miss it or he misses a turn the guy pops up like the little shield thing that's right yeah so uh, Rip gets uh, frustrated and starts kicking the sides of the doors, which just really upsets the driver. He starts 
just driving all over the fucking road. Running I don't wh- understand d- it. Does that make the driver lose control? I, I don't. I I watched this twice. I watched these twice every week, and I still don't understand it. The the amount of momentum you'd have to create to, to swing that car around. But yeah. Well, I think that's showing you how strong he is, though. He can kick so hard that the yeah. entire car will like come off axis. He's running through fruit stands, like people are diving out of the way. Like it's intense. Totally unnecessary. Yeah. Well, he's kicking the back of the car so hard that it's causing it to fishtail wildly. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what they were going for. I mean, I guess it would be easier in a limo than in like a sedan, but but still the amount of energy in those kicks has to be unbelievable. He was so confident in it too. I think he actually says something like take this on for size Mm -hmm. or something and just immediately starts kicking. Well, you can clearly see that it is a hammer, a ball pin hammer (laughs) that they are using on the inside to show his kicking marks. That's his big, that's his big toe, dude. (laughs) I was like, this guy's got a tiny ass heel. (laughs) No, that's one toe. Did you also notice there's like weird saxophone music playing over this scene? I did write saxophone music down. <laughs> so yeah, so they barely get to the fucking warehouse. Well, we cut to a warehouse with some gangsters that are kind of just like all oh, like they kind of look up. So I take it the limo is supposed to be coming their way. Uh, we finally get the limo coming into the warehouse. It stops. Um, we get the gangsters that kind of surround it. (laughs) And then we got rip in the back. He kind of looks up at the roof of the limo and then we cut to him jumping through the roof. He does the Michael Jackson halftime show. Yep. (laughs) The pop up jump through the limo. Yeah. Comes out in slow-mo and lands on top of the limo. I think there's a growl in there as well. Yeah, there's a growl the entire sequence, I think. I think there's a growl just underneath the whole film. Mm-hmm. So these are Burrell's goons. And well, you can watch it in English, Spanish, or grunt only. <laughs> like that is a... That's a subtitle? Yeah. No, it's just it's an audio track of isolated it, grunts. It So I watched it with subtitles and... It legit said growling or grunting 50, 60% of the time. Mm-hmm. Brother. We'll be doing this rest of this podcast in grunts. So we got some grunting. We got slow-mo. We got limos. We got fucking action scenes now okay so these guys come on these goons come on and of course rip rips through them dudes he's just he throws one through the windshield which looks looks like it fucking hurt honestly he's throwing them over the limos there's a dude with this pretty sweet mustache kyle he gets fucked up they all get fucked up and then um and then he rips one off of, the door to the limo, right? One of my favorite things 
that you see in the sequence is whenever you can tell that it's a, a multiple take when they show uh, Rip like fall off the the limo at first. And he pops up. When he pops up though, but the shadow or like the dust that's on the ground has already been like, oh, moved. like his, where his there's like an, there's like an imprint yeah, yeah where he's that. obviously fallen like 10 times already it's pretty great and so he kicks everybody's ass and then he finally realizes the limo driver is still in the limo so he rips off the the limousine door with one hand of course and uh there's a pretty cheesy 80s like rock song playing at the moment, I don't. I don't know if anybody got that artist that that had that song. Better car destruction scene, no holds barred or uh, brawl in cell block ninety nine. Oh, brawl is way better. Brawl is way better because whenever he throws the rearview mirror, it's like. When are we doing that movie on this podcast? <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> Shit. And uh, I think slowing us down from the dookie. I'm sorry. (laughs) I think I'll let Kron take over for that moment right there. I think uh, he really. Well, I mean, there's just the part where he pulls the limo driver out. His pants are clearly soaking wet. (sighs) I thought it was piss at first. Yeah. Rip has a rabid dog look on his face. Yeah, he's growling like a dog at this dude. And then he he says. What's that, What's that smell? smell? Do, do, dookie. Dookie. <laughs> dookie. <laughs> dookie. That's a line that made it through all the script revisions. There, That absolutely has to be in the Vince McMahon, Hulk Hogan rewrite. Yes. That they did. Don't, don't give it away, Bones. I mean, that's the only way this gets into the film. <laughs> I will touch on that later because, god damn, I paid top dollar to see that. I dude, they were in hour sixty three of a coke bender, and one of them suggested that, and they were just like, god "Oh, that damn. is that's so funny, Vince." If it were me in that limo, I'd be beating the shit out of the limo, and I'd beat him up so bad. I'm telling you, brother, he'd dookie himself. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Duke, Duke, Dookie, that's good. Yeah, there let's, it is. let's put that in there. That's funny. <laughs> so we and get... Then, oh, go ahead. What was that, Bones? I was going to say, and then he just immediately goes to, I guess, another scheduled meeting. Yeah, I was going to say, we just cut right to him walking into another boardroom. Uh, we don't know if this is WTN uh, or what, but... This is where we're introduced to uh, the lady here. Her name is Sam. Uh, well, Samantha N. Moore. Samantha Moore. Is it N. Moore? N. Moore, yeah. November. N. Because he's taken aback. He's like, Sam? Oh, this Sam? He knows how, this chick? How? Like, no, I think he's just like, how can a, a woman... It's a lady? How can a woman have a man's name? <laughs> I can't be attracted to her. It'd be like if she was named Terry. <laughs> With an I, not a Y. 
So anyway, we cut to this meeting with Sam. Rip walks in. He pretty much sexually harasses her <laughs> the entire meeting. Uh, she starts talking about, I don't even know what, she starts talking about pretty much how to brand him pretty much. like. Uh, She's got a three-part plan. Yeah. Like I said, he's giving her yeah. the sexy eyes. He's kind of like, hey, he's not really listening. They all but cut away to him daydreaming. About doing her? Yeah. like. And the sad thing is, is I'm sure all dudes are fucking guilty of this shit. Yeah, it was 89, so that was still kind of like the... We have to show tits no matter what. Yeah. But we endorse all tits here on Five Day Rentals. We're feminists. Even our own mothers. God damn it. Those are the rules. Those are the rules about boobs, Bryce. Bros. All right. So he's sexually harassing her with her eyes, giving her the eyes. Uh, he gets uh, kind of rude and is like, uh, sorry, I'm not really, I don't really care. Like, why'd you show up to the meeting anyway? Rip. And then she's like, well, will you care tonight when I take you out? Pretty much. Well, there, there's a part here, too, where he's like, I don't want to talk about the merchandising. I want to talk about Rip's charity work. Yeah. Does she, he say that? Yeah, because yeah, I think somebody was, like, trying to interrupt her, and she's like, you know, I'll take comments at the end. And she goes through her three things, and none of them involve Rip's number. His main important thing is his charity work. And then... Yeah, like you said, then he starts to sort of get rude, and then that's when she invites him out to dinner, basically. Yeah, he says, I don't mean to be rude, but we can talk later. I was like, well, why'd you show up to this meeting, bro? Yeah. I'm sure they'd understand. Like, if he said, I just fought off 14 stunt guys in a limousine. I jumped through a fucking limousine. Made a guy dookie himself. (laughs) I made a guy dookie all over himself, so... Sorry, I'm a little late. Excuse me if my testosterone's a little high as well. Can we talk about my charity already? I had to go home and take a shower. However, Rip's good nature and dedication to charity win her over, and she can... I don't know right now. That's later on. Yeah. Let's, let's not wait any longer. Let's get Kyle to the French restaurant. So Sam pretty much says, well, we'll talk later. How about I pick you up for dinner tonight at 8? And he's like, "Mm, okay. He can't believe that a chick is telling him, like, hey, she's going to take me out on a date. She has a man's name and invites me to dinner. Fuck. What a crazy world we live in. I'm I'm thinking my whole, I'm rethinking my whole lifestyle, brother. I'm getting swept off my feet here. (laughs) How much do you lift, Sam? So we cut to the church, which turns into a restaurant. Um, Heart player, stained glass. Yeah. It's It's a classy place, boys. Classy place for 89. Certainly not a place you'd find a hamburger. (laughs) So we cut to... Sam and Rip sitting down. We got a dumbass French waiter, as 
as we always do in movies. Um, we got a, a Mexican guy that really is a huge fan of uh, Rip there. He recognizes him. And he says hi and all that. The guy who seems to have forgotten how to wave. Yeah. He's kind of. He reaches. <laughs> also, like, I'm going to keep bringing this up every time he changes it. He looks fucking great in this white suit. <laughs> I was a little upset that he didn't have a white bandana on. Yeah. He's classy. But, He's classy. But the suit looks fucking great. Like, not even as a joke. I was like, this is a great looking fucking suit. I just wish he'd cut his hair. So, putting it out there. Not all of them are ridiculous. The suit almost makes up for the rest of the movie, costume-wise. I think if we FaceTimed Hulk Hogan right now, he would have the exact same length and color hair that he has since you first seen the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just that bald top, long hair, bleach blonde. I mean, he did pretty decent for a guy with shitty hair, right? I mean, I would take that hair if I got that body. Are you talking about like... Like genetically, I mean... Are you talking about like 1996? Are you talking about like 1987? Well... I'd go with 87. Does your... Oh, okay, yeah. I thought you were saying like the fact that he went bald so early. He's I was saying I would I would go bald super early if it meant that I got to be genetically a fucking beast. I mean, I'm sure there's some roids there. I don't know if we've talked about that at all. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. Well, you're gonna be on steroids with this body no matter what. Yeah, there's got to be a shitload of roids. <laughs> oh, there's a shitload of roids. And Coke. It's 89, Kyle. Yeah. Duh. If you're not doing Coke, then you're not fucking cool, bro. And I ain't talking about the drink, motherfuckers. All right, we uh, we get to the waiter. He's like, this fucking dumbass jock-looking guy over here. He doesn't even know, blah, blah, blah. We get... um. He calls sh- him a Jacques ass. Yeah, pretty much in French, I think. <laughs> Jacques? Jacques ass. Jacques ass. We get, uh, the chef comes out to say what's up to Rip. Uh, he says, sorry about the waiter. Um, he said, uh, I think, I don't care. Uh, do they talk about the hamburger? Yeah. I, the, talks shitty, about the, the shitty yeah, waiter the, is like. You know, giving him... We don't sell hamburgers here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's basically hitting on Sam while trying to insult Rip and says... He starts going through the menu and says something about... I think a quiche is a special. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's a cheese pie with snails. Yeah. Don't think you'd like that. We don't sell hamburgers here. Yeah, we don't sell the hamburger or the footlong hot dog. That's when and the then, chef comes out. He apologizes. Yeah. And then that's when we find out that Rip can speak French. And I think, what does he order? He Well, the chef comes out and says, like, Monsieur Rip, the usual. Yeah. 
So whatever he gets there all the fucking time, I guess, is what he ordered. Which is probably... Nobody even brings up that I've been in the restaurant for a good half hour. (laughs) Haven't been sheeted at all. I made reservations. They don't sell buttered toast and Rocky Mountain oysters there. Mr. Ventura. Do you think Jesse Ventura orders buttered toast at restaurants? Yeah. I like my bread to be warmed and pre-buttered. I figured he was maybe just like a plain toast guy. Like that's it. No butter. Mm. I don't I don't know what the national dish is for Minnesota, like elk. Prime cutch of fish and bass. Sturgeon. <laughs> Cheese curds. That's Wisconsin. Close enough, dude. It's the all we're all the shame people up here. <laughs> Bleeding red, white, and blue. <sighs> if there's anything to 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 diversify us, it's to uh it's these CEOs and their monies. We're trying to get to the end to tell you what happens to the corporation here. I'm leaving this restaurant. Let's get to the next scene. <laughs> well, it it quick cuts. <laughs> next up. They almost cut so quick that you miss Rip's French. And I feel like that was probably take 37. <laughs> they were like, we'll fix it in post at this point. Enchanté. We cut. Just roll for an hour and have him do what he thinks French sounds oh like. Oh my god, dude! And then cut, cut out of that. You want to see the B roll on the Blu-ray for that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. If you're gonna extend a scene, make it that one. <laughs> Show me the 15 minute French cut. Hour 71. Hey, Hogan, do you think you could speak French? (laughs) Sure, brother, I'll give it a try. (laughs) Let me me write, let me pencil that in. Mona me, brother. I just made a man (laughs) duque. Wee wee. God damn it, I wish they made a documentary of that. So, we quick cut from the restaurant to a slow-mo headbutt to a bar called the No Count Bar. And Brill and his two little, uh, what do we call those guys? Well, one of them is David Pamer, the actor. He's the guy. From a lot of things. He's like one of the most pathetic people of all time. He's played like (laughs) the the shitty dad and like the shitty boss. Yeah. Uh, Ocean's Thirteen. He plays like the uh, the guy that's there to rate the hotel. Yeah, that's right. That they fuck with, they make sick and everything. Uh, and then the other guy's name. 
I forget. He's the one that gets the video camera later and is all stoked about it. <laughs> the present. Yeah. So these three walk into No Count Bar. Um, this is your classic biker wrestling, just your classic roadhouse type bar here. You got every every type of character in there, tattoos and all that. Now we, anytime we've gone to a bar so far, we have discussed which bar we would rather go to. I'm not, I I think I'd rather go to Zabulba, quite honestly. I've been Zabulba is my number one out of all the bars okay. that we've been okay. to so far. I would. I would almost like to visit this one, but then when I saw their piss trough situation, you know, I would yeah. I would still rather be in Zabulba. That's the number okay. one club. So, these guys, they get with the waitress, and uh, they said, hey, uh, we'd like a table, and she kind of just looks at them and says, are you guys cops? They're not cops. <laughs> They're not cops. No. She said, "Oh, if uh, oh, then if you're looking for the gay bar, it's across the street," which I thought was kind of funny, actually. I, I mean, what what an interesting dissection of America, though, that this bar and a gay bar are right across the street from each other. Yeah, it must. It's like Austin, Texas. There is Sixth Street, and it's every. I'm you telling you, there's more that brings us together <laughs> than keeps us apart. Do you support gay bars, Mr. Ventura? Oh, you bet. I support gay bars. I lift gay bars. Did you know Egypt was littered with gold gay bars? Uh Uh-oh. Now we're getting on to an interesting topic. He he must be one of those GB followers, the gold bars followers. Mm -hmm. I've seen the documents. It's a conspiracy. Goes all the way to the top. <laughs> You're part of that, buddy. I was, and I pulled the plug. <laughs> They're hiding your gold bars, America. We cut back to the fighting that's going on in the ring. We got some biting. There's a lot of biting in this scene where they're biting each other. It's a lot of biting in life, dude. Get over it. When's the last time you've been bit, Kyle? Three days ago. By who? Just a stranger. Where? I was uh, filling up gas in my truck. Got bit. What'd you do to this guy? I sprayed him. I doused him with gasoline. (laughs) For or after? And I was like, I was getting out the match and I couldn't get it to catch. Too excited? Oh, yeah, I was I was rock hard, dude. <laughs> so he bit out of instinct. Well, I guess. It I was mean, fight, fight or flight. Yeah, yeah, he chose fight. He bit me pretty good. I don't think that's poison ivy on Bones' arm. I think he got bit. Been out in the shit, man. Well, you hang out at a truck stop at 3 a.m., you're going to get bit. Mm-hmm. All right. We cut back to some guys fighting. Uh, 
the guys they get up and start at one or one guy gets up and start asking the rules for the match that's going on the two guys wrestling uh he says last man standing just don't kill nobody uh mm-hmm. burrell's kind of sitting back like an ideal is forming here uh we got a midget in a cage am i allowed to say midget yeah sure Okay. There's a little person in a cage. A little person in a cage. Being exploited. Throwing, throwing peanuts. Throwing peanuts, yeah. Uh, I got rip your dicks off written here for some reason. Did they they say that? Somebody say that? Not in my notes. Okay. No. Just an independent thought you had, I guess. Uh, this is where the guy that's telling him the rules, uh, the bartender, I guess, is I think that's her brother or something. He yeah. encourages him to get in there to start wrestling. <laughs> so he does. He, I guess he wins. That's whenever he does the, the keg thing. He's like drinking a whole keg. So manages to pierce a keg with his thumb. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, uh, you think that's where Stone Cold got it? Yeah, he watched uh, this movie over and over. I thought about that. He's like, that's a good idea right there, brother. Actually, the composer of this film composed Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme music and The Undertaker's. Just glass breaking? A little bit of... Yeah, we run deep here on Five Day Rentals. See, I don't even know that. I don't know that Stone Cold's intro music started with glass breaking. Okay. I just remember all his matches ending with him in the turnbuckle throwing beer around. Yeah. And you were like, I want to fucking be that guy. And then we got sued because we threw beer at people and it hurt them. (laughs) So then they got to go take a piss. Got to go bleed the old lizard bones. Bleed the old lizard. Uh, so they go in, into the bathroom. Uh, they pretty much hear somebody What's, shitting in there. Yeah. Is, is this bathroom more or less gross than, uh, Captain Howdy's basement? It's grosser. Yeah. It's definitely more gross. There's also a Nazi sign. I think, I think Captain Howdy's basement was just weird. I mean, it still looked somewhat clean. Maybe it's the shit-covered windows that he did I ha- keep associating with Captain Howdy's house. That was the top floor. So okay. So looky-loos want to get a peek inside. Oh, uh, okay. He's trying to keep his property value down. Did you guys also notice that uh, this is this bathroom is where the dog from the back of the truck and black dog ended up? Yeah. <laughs> Same one. I think so. I mean, Second. it's just. I, I don't know. You get like three frames of it. Are they we, only show the dog literally one time. We're breaking news here on the Five Day Rentals podcast. That's confirmed. Mm-hmm. All right. I did a side by side and enhanced the images. That's how we do it here, folks. Uh, download us on Spotify, please. I did a side by side once. It was college, though. <laughs> I'm turned on right now. As long as they're not videotaping, brother. I'm not bloated, brother. Not not tonight. You can get in trouble when you have 
too much barbecue and then do a side by side with your buddy. <laughs> Once again, folks, Hulk Hogan is a terrible human being. So we got these two dopes. They're taking pisses. They're making fun of the bar and the people that are in the bar and everything. Bubba comes out of the shitter. Somehow he, he got there pretty quick after he won his match. Um, It's got to be a secret passageway like Clue. <laughs> he looks at their wieners, says that it's not even worth it to beat their asses because their dicks are too small. That's pretty much what I got out of that. He they, say he says they teeny have teeny wangers. Yeah, teeny, teeny wangers. wangers. <laughs> yeah, he he really gets down there and looks though too. Like it's like whoa. Right. This is after they piss on each other. Yeah, yeah. Because they turned in shock to like see who was behind them. Yeah, and... when Bubba came out of the stall there. Um, this is funny as hell. I mean, this is the kind of stuff where if I had seen this when I was actually 10 years old, I probably would have been like, oh, my God, this is the best movie. So this is where we get introduced to the heel of our story here, right? Wait, wait, we're we're missing we're missing a great scene. Because one of my favorite things that happens here is this is kind of where they set up Battle of the Tough Guys. Well, yeah, that's... and you, Yeah, he gets the idea here. Yeah, but you get like a montage of all these grizzled like steel workers learning about Battle of the Tough Guys. But isn't that after mm-hmm. Zeus is introduced, right? No, no, no. no. no? That's so before. he get, Brel gets the idea, oh. then they have the little press conference. And then, like he says, it cuts to all these fucking guys getting really excited and the people on the radio talking about it. And that's because I wrote down because it's the tax free part. <laughs> that was that, my thing, too. I was like, yeah, I th- have that. These guys are so American that it's $100,000 tax free. Well, it's like they're all working and it's like they hear a $100,000 prize. They just keep working and then they hear yeah. tax free and they like snap look at the radio like. Oh, shit. Tax-free yeah. money. So, Burrell comes up with the idea for Battle of the Tough Guys. So, we get a montage of all the blue-collar jobs that you can think of. We also have a big rig sighting. Mm-hmm. There's Yeah, there's big rigs parked in the bar the whole time. Yeah. So... All right, we we got an announcement, Battle of the Tough Guys, $100,000 tax-free. Um, okay, yeah, because he comes up with the idea, and then they go back to the same bar, right? Yeah, yeah that's where they're, they're hosting, you know, like Battle round one. Yeah. Do you guys notice that there's a, there's a wrestler that has, like, really long blonde armpit hair? You mean Klondike Kramer? <laughs> I don't know which one he is. I, I thought I was the wrestling expert. Yeah, Bones. I just wrote down their names. and Is it really Klondike Kramer? Yeah, so they get before the Battle of the Tough Guys, the two 
lackeys introduce Brill to like the main competitors. Yeah, he meets all of them. Yeah. It's Brock Chisler, Bulldog McPherson, and then Klondike Kramer. And that was the one that Brell's like, get him away from me. <laughs> like he actually he's like all he's all about Brock and Bulldog, but I think Klondike was took it a little too far. Doesn't but, he tell him like they're all scum? I think he says something along the lines of, oh, it doesn't matter. They're all scum anyway. Yeah. I mean, he, he insults them pretty much the entire time, but has no problem exploiting them. So then, yeah. So then they fight like these three go and I forget which one gets to the end. And then that's when our boy shows up. Yeah, the last I think it's the last match. And then yeah. he, and then we get our introduction of Zeus, Mr. Tiny Lester. So I I have seen Friday. I have not seen any of the others. And then Fifth Element. So I think my perception of tiny lister isn't that like ruined by debo or you didn't um, see any other human sinithreed no you didn't see the dark part of the well yeah i forgot about that can't think of anything else i mean debo is the one that i feel like that's what most people know him from yeah when i see that yeah. guy that's the only thing that pops into my i guess now maybe I'll, I'll see if it's that or no holds barred yeah so we get a door that breaks down we get some great intro music here uh, he comes walking through. He pretty much kills a waitress. <laughs> he palms her face. Like, picks her up and just drops her. Yeah. Into a trash can. Uh, he's wearing a bird skull on his uh, on his neck there, which I thought was pretty sweet. Uh, he takes on both of the guys that are wrestling in the ring. Um, got lots of growling going on here. Lots of it. Um, Rip, we cut to Rip watching it on TV at his house with his with his brother and I guess their friends, right? And Charlie, and Charlie, his trainer. Yeah. Uh, it's he, like yeah, Randy's got a girlfriend, and then there's another guy that looks like Peter Berg. Yeah, he has a black eye when he runs up. Whenever he's like. So, um, Rip is watching it at home. Zeus pretty much runs through these two fucking dudes. Uh, then Rip's trainer, Charlie, is like, oh, shit, that's a guy I used to train. His name's Zeus. I couldn't control him, and he killed somebody. There's a part here where they're they're like, they this guy killed somebody, and they don't seem that shocked. Mm-mm. And then Charlie says, after the bell, and that surprises them. Like after the bell had rang, yeah. he killed him. 
Also, I, I didn't understand. The whole thing was WTN needed something to compete with Brip's broadcasts, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then they do Battle of the Tough Guys just on another night because Rip's at home able to watch it. Yeah, and, and Zeus right. wins it, and that's when he becomes Burrell's, or Burrell's uh, prize fighter there. Yeah. But he, like, didn't even... He just busted in in the last match. You know, that Dude, you're DQ'd, bro. Disqualified. Well, that's... I- I think it's a thing where like Rip doesn't wrestle every event. He seems to be like a Well, he's a fucking champ. He he only comes in for like a big bout. PPV, a big pay-per-view. Yeah. Don't they don't they still sort of have to show up like they do a little sketch in the back or something or they come out and they talk into the mic so even though they may not maybe he does some pre-recorded sketches. Okay. Where he like you know badmouths Jack Bullet or something, right? But why is he, I, you get my point though? Like the whole thing was to compete, mm-hmm. like. Well, why even focus on Rip well, after this starts? Burrell says yeah. a- after this, after Zeus pulls out the guy's hair and just dro- drops it. Uh, then we kind of get like a stare down between Zeus and uh, Rip here, just through like the TV. And uh, then we cut back to the boardroom, and that's when he says we were the the number one time slot for this. So why even pursue Rip at this point? You've already beaten his. I'm guessing it's just personal, maybe because he made you eat a check. <laughs> well, no. Because we got to continue his on. His limo driver, Dookie himself. <laughs> that's we gotta, true. We got to continue on because that's whenever Zeus shows up at the charity event. Because even mm. remember, they made such a big deal with Charlie. He's like, "Oh, you did the right thing. You stood down. You didn't fucking make." Yeah, an ass but of that's yourself. because yeah, but because Brell won't leave it be. Like I think Kyle's saying, like once you have Zeus, you don't need Rip. Like, yeah. People time. obviously are wanting to tune in. So it's, it's literally like this guy, like Rip is old school classic wrestling. This guy falls ass backwards into like primetime ECW. Like, I'll just show you dudes killing each other. <laughs> the people love it. The people at home are super I'm, into it. I'm watching that shit. So why even go after Rip at this point? Yeah. You've already beaten Rip. Because, gentlemen, this is Hollywood and we have to have a fucking movie. The only people watching Rip are 70-year-old geriatrics. All the kids are into Zeus. They're into guys fighting in a steel factory with hammers. Mm -hmm. We'll get there. A spark factory. Yeah. I don't know. the, the, The final climactic fight at the elegant gala event... Rip certainly has some classy ass fans, some ladies in gowns and oh, the twenty five people that were there. That's yeah, that's a black tie event, dude. Yeah, man. All right, we're not even halfway. We we're halfway because we're to we? the industrial fight against uh, Lugrench Perkins. Yeah. Who? Guess what? 
Is that somebody? You know that guy. Is it Vader? Close. He's Bane and Batman and Robin. Oh, for fucking really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I got to pee and get a beer. Tom Hardy? Right. Yeah. <laughs> no. Shit, I didn't even recognize him. <laughs> So, we are now at the industrial fight between Lug Wrench Perkins and the new number one contender, Mr. Burrell's number one man, Zeus. So anyway, industrial fight is what the director, Mr., uh, what was his name? Thomas J. Wright said was probably his best filmmaking of this film not a very big good career after this i think he did beauty and the beast the tv version after uh, later on he also did a lot of stuff for supernatural the cw show that's where he made all his money but anyway he, he did a movie called snow kill where when i looked up his filmography i was like maybe maybe did supernatural have like 17 seasons i think it's still going yeah, so if you were like remotely capable as a director, I think, I think you might have gotten a job there. I think we might have all directed an episode and we just didn't know it. Yeah. Where's that check, CW? Anyway, we're back to the fights. The industrial arena. Um, Zeus comes out wearing a chain link wife beater, which is pretty sweet, honestly. Not going to lie. Zeus looks stupid, right? Are we all in agreement that he's... I think each time he's introduced... He, he's, he looks he dumber looks and dumber. dumber. And what's yeah. with the eyebrow? It's not cool. It's a, like, it's not cool, it's not scary. He didn't have uni- that until the very end, right? It's a unibrow, but then one of the eyebrows is, like, shaved in half? Yeah, it's like a Nike swoop. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's... um, Like, it's not even. And I don't know if the eye droop has something to do with that. And then he's got a random Z. And his hair. On the side. He, yeah. did, he did that by himself. That wasn't. Yeah, that wasn't part of the film. The name was already picked whenever he uh, auditioned. Yeah. And he he shaved it in himself, covered himself in baby oil, and did his whole the, shindig. Got the part. It's just weird because it's like. It's a Friday night for me, and it's a career-making movie for him. <laughs> and it just seems unfair. I think you I think you need to bulk up a little, bro. I cut the Z in. I do the baby oil. Growl. I, I growl. I can get a unibrow in two days, tops. I, I still can't it, it figure out what his, like, jacket at the end of of the movie reminds me uh, of it was called successful single woman because <laughs> those shoulder pads baby you don't know what it, i instantly wrote down captain shredder or whatever from teenage mutant yeah. ninja turtles well you got to think here he won the hundred thousand dollars tax-free so now he's upgrading his you know his attire oh that's true he he bought he bought a, a pretty nice workout facility 
Yeah, that's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. Anyway, we're in a match right now between Zeus and Lug Ranch Perkins, who actually has a lug wrench. Uh, Zeus pretty much beats the shit out of him. Uh, Rip's brother Randy has decided he wants to go with his buddy here and see what Zeus is all about. So I love that the workers are still like in the middle of a shift while this fucking match is going on, by the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, uh, Dude, industrial uh, workers, they work 24-7. They don't ever yeah. stop. Watch like Terminator. <laughs> Those dudes are still there at the end. Yeah, What's that naked guy running through here for? <laughs> fucking Rudy, you know? Like those guys just... You don't stop production. Steals and sparks. We need them. And molten lava. Two guys start fighting. You keep working. Okay. Yeah. So we 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 got the beginning of the industrial fight here. We are. Then we cut to the date with uh, between Rip and Sam. They intercut between these two scenes. Well, that's a business trip that that turns romantic. Private plane. Yeah. And then they get off, and Rip's like, "Oh, I got the the perfect place for us to go, brother." Sorry, sorry. Did where do we where are they going? We know they're going on a trip, but they don't ever really say. It's a it's a business trip. Okay, yeah, they to, just say business trip where they don't do any business to another city. <laughs> they go eat and then go to sleep. He goes yeah. to a shitty ass hole in the wall. Sadie's place. Down home cooking fucking country bumpkin restaurant and of course two robbers burst in and decide to rob the place when I make a move you hit the floor so Rip fills he has to protect his lady and the rest of the restaurant goers and he destroys these two fools to try to hold up this restaurant they destroy this restaurant in the process and everybody seems very happy about it when it's all over with. Mm-hmm. Well, one guy, he pegs with like a seat, which kind of makes sense. But the other guy, he just keeps hitting him with like handfuls of food. Food, yeah. It's pretty much a food fight. Yeah. And then uh, grapples with the guy. So after like throwing six plates of food at him, he runs over to him and grapples with him. Almost has the guy shoot himself in the head. <laughs> That's in the R-rated cut. Yeah, and then decides to just like do the stereotypical like slide across the bar into the wall. Well, Sam is super impressed by all this. Really, Oof. really gets her uh, engines revving, if you know what I mean. Could you imagine an R-rated cut of this movie? That's like you just keep it the exact same that it is, but the violence you do like drive where it just gets like hyper violent for. 20 seconds <laughs> like if he just point blank shot that dude in the head <laughs> and then they go back to this movie as it is it's the one thing that they fight for like yeah. god god damn it they Rip. cut everything else now I gotta clean up these brains off of this french fryer motherfucker 
Vince insisted we keep the violence in. <laughs> then they uh, do they go to the hotel? Yeah, after or this, or do we cut? I think we cut back into a few more scenes from uh, the industrial fight with uh, with Zeus and lug wrench perkins there yeah and then we cut back to sam and rip falling in love because of course there's only one room available with one bed so rip takes it upon himself to hang up a string and put a blanket over it to divide the beds Mm -hmm. that's I mean, any any athlete is going to have that uh, that med tape in their bag. And I don't know what time it is there, but they immediately just get ready for bed. Like, yeah. When he turns all the lights off later, it's still, it's like it's 4.30 outside. So he hangs it, he divides the bed, and she comes out of the bathroom, and she's like, oh, okay, maybe he's not so bad. Um... I believe they she lays down, and so does he. I don't. Does he ever lay down? You're you're skipping the part where she comes out of the bathroom and he's bent over in those tiny shorts. Yeah. Well, I have the note that says shortest shorts ever. Yeah. Well, it seems hang, like you just he, glossed right over him. Yeah. He hangs the thing up. Then she's brushing her teeth. He's brushing his teeth. Um. I guess he's about to spit in his bag. <laughs> That's what it looked like. Because he's getting frustrated mm-hmm. with like how long she's taking. So that's why he's like bent over at his bag, showing off his little keister. She comes out, sees that. He's like shocked and scared. I think he ends up swallowing his spit. Yep. She hops in. He says a thing about like, uh, do you like your accommodations? Making yeah. a joke. They turn the lights off. And then, he yeah, he doesn't lay down. He's sitting, and then they cut to him, and then the with the jerk off joke, I guess. Yeah, yeah it cuts so. to her waking up, and the bed is shaking. Yeah, and then she goes down to the end of the blanket for some reason, and then it looks like two tits, but really it's just. I think it's the it's heels the, of his feet. Heels, yeah. It's rips heels. I mean, if that is a jerk-off joke, he's he's going so hard, he's got to be tearing the skin off. I mean... It's a jerk-off joke. To, be, to wake someone up from sleep by shaking the entire bed. Apparently, Kyle, you don't know how to jerk off right. No, I'm saying Hulk doesn't. Oh, so you're saying you woke up your partner... No, I'm not I'm not saying that I've woken up my partner jerking off. <laughs> I have a then you've never cup of off, water. Brother. <laughs> yeah, I have a cup of water on my nightstand across the room. And Dread, if it Jurassic doesn't park. <laughs> if it doesn't Jurassic Park, I know I'm not going hard enough. I mean it is pretty inconsiderate altogether to like this chick is sleeping to just do your push ups at this exact moment anyway. Yeah, that's what Absolutely. He's 
100% the wrong here. I, I get that he's not jerking off, but nonetheless, this still he, seems like a dick move. He's kind of jerking off for a guy like that big. Like, isn't push-ups just kind of like jerking off if you're if you're that big? Uh, yeah. Like, do I think he's finishing in this scene? Absolutely. He could, yeah, he could have been basically humping a pillow <laughs> or an early fleshlight. So Rip gets done with his. He's probably got a uh, <laughs> it's midnight uh, workout here. An overnight bag full of toothpaste spit that he's <laughs> rocking into right there. I can't, I can't wear this blue, brother, because it's got all these toothpaste stains on it. <laughs> Well, stop spitting in your bag, you dumbass. So Yeah, so he he finally finishes and he, then goes to lay down. And he jumps on the bed and it breaks and Sam just kind of rolls over onto him. <laughs> what does he say? I don't I don't I don't think I wrote it down. It's like is, where is she that, she gets like mad or something, and then he, he says, says like something to her. Well, he says like I'm going downstairs to sleep on a couch, in the lobby, which has a better yeah. sense of humor than you or something. Yeah. She she rolls over into him. He makes a joke. Yeah, I can't. Remember She's the like, joke. she gets pissed. He says, "Relax, the bed broke." She's like, "Yeah, sure." He gets up and says something about like, uh, "You build walls." <laughs> more than I ever could or something like something really like emotionally deep, like this Nora Ephron level, like way out of place for this movie. And then says there's a sofa in the the wow. lounge that has a better sense of humor than you or something like and then mm-hmm. leaves. So then we cut to a meeting between Sam and Burrell, and this is where we find out that she's a corporate spy for Burrell. Of course. Damn it. She wants Burrell wants him wants her to seduce Rip. But she can't do it. But she's falling in love. He's too him. good of a guy. He's too good of a guy. He's falling in love. And he uh seen those shorts. Gives her the old backhand. Yep. yep. He uh, he straight up just says, whap, and uh, falls on the couch. And uh, we got a strange zoom to Burrell's face after that. Uh, then we cut to Sam crying to Rip at, I guess, at his house? Is it, I think? Yeah. So she's pretty much just giving him the rundown of, yo, dude, I'm a corporate spy. He wants me to seduce you to bring you over to WTN. Uh, and I'm not going to do that because I think I'm falling in love with you. Uh, this is where Rip turns on the TV and it's just wrestling news. <laughs> Randomly. Turn on your TV right now and tell me they're not covering it. And um, any channel. This is where Zeus challenges Rip. He says, this is a challenge. Rip. Rip. I know you're watching. This is a challenge. So, we then cut I, to... I, okay. I legit had to look up which eye worked because it was messing me up. I was like, I don't know which 
where he's looking. So I had to look up. I guess it's his right eye that he was blind in. He got like a scar or wasn't born with a, a retina or some shit. Yeah. 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 Something but, like that. But so it's his left eye that he looks out of. So it changes the dynamic of the the film viewing for sure. He, he gets that eye in there. We cut to uh, Rip holding up a bunch of Special Olympics children. You're both winners. And he's coaching them. He's t- yeah. I'm proud of both of you. Like this ADR positive. I felt fine after I heard him say that. I was like, I'm going to be all right yep. in life, you know. Did he you- also does, there's a episode of Baywatch that Hulk Hogan's in. And it's sort of the same thing. He's playing like the same sort of like character who works with special needs kids and like down and out kids for training and sports. What was the, so. uh, was it Tropic Thunder that he was in? The TV show? No, that was the Ben Stiller movie. I know what you're talking about though. You're talking about a... Uh, thunder. Oh, it was something with thunder in it. Yeah. Thunder in Paradise. Was it? Who was yeah, his co-star? Yeah, like the stealth boat. Yeah, the badass boat. Kyle, you know what the fuck we're talking about? I have no clue what this is. Oh my god! We oh, might, that's great. We might have to watch that. Yeah, because I think it was. Who is uh, his co-star? That's what I was trying to think of the other night. Chris Lemon. Was it a black dude or was it a white dude? I don't know. I think it wasn't. It like a they did like a pilot. Like a two-hour movie. I'll tell you which I wish it was, brother. <laughs> we don't want to hear that, Hogan. Yeah. And it was only one season. Was it? Yeah. No shit. I, that shit felt like it was on forever. No, I feel... Yeah. I, I oh, guess you were I'm just... guessing just syndication, man. I guess you were just watching the same 15 episodes over and over again. Well, it would always come on before uh, like Monday Night Raw, so it always felt like forever. Murder, She Wrote was always on before Monday Night Raw, and then they changed it to that. And then I think, like, Silk Stockings was on after yeah. Monday Night Raw, which I found on Tubi the other night. I um, I associate it with USA, like, yeah. over the summer. It was. Yeah. Man, Tubi is earning a lot of my viewing. Tubi's a goldmine for some shit films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we need to say that on five day rentals, we're not making fun of these films. We're supporting these films, right? Little column yeah. A, little column B. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it goes both ways. So we cut to a heli- helicopter coming in hot. Oh, wait. Did, did you see the banner that was at this event? Mm-mm. It just says "Rip Sports for Kids." <laughs> that was that was the whole name of the event. Now, is this banner lamer than Monster Dog's banner? No, the Monster Dog one was still lamer. This one, at least, there were two different colors on this one of, <laughs> for the font. Like "Rip" was in green, and "Sports for Kids" was in orange. But nobody was excited about it, so. That and a plate of sandwiches. Monster Dog Rules. It's our number one film. 
So we got a helicopter coming in hot. It's Burrell and Zeus. They arrive. We get a slow-mo of Zeus walking off of the helicopter with Burrell. We get a... a His sp- arms are almost... They can't even Parallel touch. with the ground. Yeah. Like he... Yeah. The further along in the movie, I guess, the bigger his lats get. Mm-hmm. So we get a classic stare down. Uh, Rip doesn't do anything. He doesn't hit him or anything, even though I think... Uh, There's some great ADR from a kid who's like, he's so big. <laughs> we get Burrell calling Zeus the, the winner because Rip didn't do anything. Then we get uh, Rip's coach here, Charlie, trainer Charlie, saying, you know, you did the right thing. You didn't, like, hit him and all this shit. And uh, and pretty much pretty much, uh, you're not a bitch because you did the right thing. But you was bitch, brah. You was bitch. So then let's cut to the rape scene. It's exactly what I wrote down. Did Brell send people to rape Sam? <laughs> so Sam is shopping. Certainly appears so. <laughs> and uh, she goes into a parking garage, and a guy just tries to uh, have his way with her. Uh, Rip shows up on a motorcycle, and <laughs> his worst outfit—it's <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> um. He takes uh he he drives into the rapist and the rapist gets stuck on the front of the motorcycle and rips laughing hysterically as he's just driving him through and he's like, I'm gonna run you into a tree and he slams on his brakes and the dude slams into a tree and we cut back to him being non emotional to a lady that just went through a big ordeal here. What I mean, he he does say, "I hate when you're hurt or scared." Scared, <laughs> because most of their relationship has been her scared. Yep. <laughs> or in danger, she's either been the victim of rape, a slap by a boss, uh, domestic violence, domestic. Yeah, the, she was in a robbery. Hmm. The bed and, in her hotel broke. And it continues. So then we cut to Zeus's, what is this, his third fight? Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like another industrial fight at the same place, I think. Uh, this is whenever Randy, Rip's brother, decides to show up to the fight. Um, I have Rip's brother looks sexually attracted to Zeus while he's looking at him. Of course, they him and I, his friend. I didn't get that. I, shirts. I didn't get that. I think you were reading your own thing into the movie there. Yeah, I agree. I think you guys need to go back on a uh, third watch and check that out. Well, how many watches did you give that scene in particular? Four. <laughs> oh, fuck you, Kyle. Um, something happens to where everybody starts running, and they kind of run into Burrell. Randy and his friend and he realizes that they're both wearing Rip'em shirts so Burrell brings Randy and his buddy over to see Zeus and he 
says, uh, you're, you're big fans of Rip. And he says, he wants Randy to pretty much hit Zeus, I guess. Is that what it was going for? And I think Randy, th- Randy throws a punch, a few punches at Zeus. Mm-hmm. And of course, Zeus beats the shit out of him. <laughs> and uh, he falls down and hits, is it a tire iron or a tire rim or something? He hits his fucking head, I think, right? Yeah. Um. So it looks like he pretty much fucking kills him. I thought he was dead at first. But uh, then we cut to Rip destroying Zeus's gym. I guess he's found out somehow. We don't get none of that information. Well, if you're a guy that just fights random people in like a smelting factory, do you need a gym? <laughs> yeah, because you need a place to have uh, videotapes playing. I guess. I mean, that are psyching you up. That's my favorite part of this whole like, film. Yeah. Because whenever they play the projector and he's just standing there, <laughs> like as still yeah. as possible when it's supposed to be a projection. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about Brell's uh, like motivational hate tapes. Well, yeah, he has those playing. But those, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie. The projection is clearly Zeus standing there like in person. Yeah. <laughs> and then they cut it real quick. And Rip... Uh, he smashes his mirrors. He fucking rips off the wrestling mat that he has. He just destroys. Uh, There's a poster of Rip in the gym as well. Yeah, yeah. We don't. We don't know how he found out. He can also yeah. hear. He can also hear Burrell and his buddies like joking through like the camera. Yeah. So he destroys his shit. Uh, he takes a a weight bar and throws it directly into the camera that uh, Burrell's watching. Now I thought that was interesting because he throws the weight bar directly into the camera lens. And that makes all three of these TV executives jump in fear as if they don't know how television works. The line blurs with them though. The one thing that they do all day long (laughs) is TV. They're so into it. They have to know that those, they reacted like the people in the 20s watching train leaving station. <laughs> yeah, and then whenever he throws the the fucking weight bar, he throws it, but then the scene is, it's just pushed up to the camera and it <laughs> just comes down because somebody clearly poked it. <laughs> Then we cut to uh, Randy in the hospital acting like a straight-up bitch. Rip is... We cut to montages here of Zeus training and Rip just helping his fucking brother out. Mm. He looks so pathetic. Randy looks so pathetic. Hogan's crying here. Okay, I will say this. He fucking... He... He... Let's it go, man. I want to say that he showed more emotion whenever Randy was in the hospital than whenever Sam got raped. Yeah. I will say that. Also, uh, really awful choice of gloves. 
he's wearing here. Aren't they all awful choices? Yeah. Well, these were really bad. And it that part was the one that made me the most mad. It's like he couldn't just put on jeans and like a sweater. Like he still put on the regalia. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the the montage of Randy trying to uh, regain his his walking ability. <laughs> He's going, and it's so fucked up to laugh at. But the rest of the movie, my favorite parts involve Randy and his screaming. <laughs> like, <laughs> with his two pimples and like his black eye. Yeah. So this is where we get the fight announcement that Rip is going to fight Zeus. <laughs> and of course, it's a montage. We got Zeus punching through cinder blocks while we got Rip helping his brother onto the walking machine or, or some shit. Clearly, Rip is not prepared for this fight. I don't know if that's what they were going for or whatever, but... um, So we go through that. Burrell, we cut to Burrell, and he's talking about backups or something at the elevator or some shit. So comes down to uh, the night of the big fight, Rip versus Zeus. Uh, we get everybody coming into the arena. Sam is with Randy and another guy, and this is where the backups come in after she gets off trying to get out of the elevator two goons come in and take her up to what a the elevator she's in there for 30 floors at one moment this is after that did you notice that that there was like 35 floors but he's like eye level with fucking Burrell at the end of the film like where the fuck were they they were on floor 30 he's on floor 1.5 <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? So anyway, Sam gets caught. The two goons bring her up to Burrell's little hideout, I guess. Burrell is in, what is he in? Like the the control room, I guess? Yeah, he's in like the broadcast kind of room, like where they're running the actual show. Um... Burrell gets a phone call, or Rip gets a phone call from Burrell while he's in the uh, the locker room there getting ready to fight. He says, you go down after 10 minutes, which it cuts to the clock, which says 9.04. Um, we kind of get a Burrell-Rip stare down here through the things. We get a Zeus growl. He's Now he has a unibrow for some reason. And Burrell, and Burrell is full-blown he's like on the same level as far as like wrestling heel mm-hmm. his intensity here too. He's back to just being as sweaty as they are. He's pretty hyped up. Yeah. So we get the entrances into the ring. Uh, our, uh, Zeus punches the announcer as he's announcing him. <laughs> he like flies out of the ring and he's super okay with it. Um, Randy winces at the nut shot that Zeus gives him. Uh, he yells, come on, rip, try. 
It just looks pathetic. Um, they do a they do this weird. Uh, it's when they uh, kidnap Sam from the elevator, and Randy is like pushed in the wheelchair, and he can't see what's going on. They they do like that push in zoom out thing on his face real quick, mm-hmm. and he starts freaking out like, "What's going on back there?" And it's the start of his like yeah, voice he, for like the last fifteen minutes. He gets pretty freaked out. Yeah. Uh, we cut back up to the uh, the place where they've took Sam. The two security guards that are supposed to be watching her get super into the fight between Rip and Zeus. So she manages to escape here. Uh, a chase pursues. She gets onto the elevator, and this is where we're talking about the. I think it was like floor thirty-two. They were on. <laughs> there. There is a part here where, like, right when she first slips out of the room, like, the security guards realize she's gone, and then the the TV executives realize she's gone, and one of them says, like, do something, shoot her. It's yeah. like, that's a pretty big step. Um, so they somehow, she gets in the elevator, she gets it closed, they take the stairs, so when the elevator opens up, they're there. I don't know how the fuck they got there. Those are quick-ass dudes. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, Randy's friend and Rip's trainer show up and start beating the shit out of the, the guys so they can't get Sam. She makes her way back to the to ringside, pretty much. Uh, this is where Zeus pulls out the ring post to try to... Uh, Ram it. Impale. Impale Rip. So he pretty much almost gets killed. Uh, He moves out of the way. He pushes it through the ring. Uh, It looks like Zeus snaps his neck at one point. Weren't you guys wondering this whole time, like, during this uh, black tie event fight, why none of the people were doing this thing to to power... (laughs) Okay, to power only, rip up. There's only fif- yeah. 15 people there. It's such a bummer. Yeah, but it's Because like, Randy can't do it because he's paralyzed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, doing that hand sign, that was what what gave him, you know, the push in the first fight to mm-hmm. beat Jack Bullet. They should have had Sam do it. They should have had someone do you it. You know, she should have been... Yeah. Ripping it up. Um... We find out that uh, Rip is still alive. He didn't get his neck snapped. Um, Zeus goes after Charlie, the trainer. I think he punches him and like knocks him down. Kicks uh, him, I think. Yeah, kicks him. This yeah. is where Rip starts to kind of get his super strength. Uh, throws him into the turnbuckle. The crowd starts to amp up. We get the body slam. We get the hammer smash that we've seen on the very first fight. Um, yeah, I, I wrote down Rip finally finds Zeus's weak spot, punching him over and over in the head. <laughs> yeah. Then we get Zeus going after his brother again. He hits, he hits Randy, knocks him out of the wheelchair, right? Yeah. <laughs> So they take the battle upstairs. No hold bars, of course. They take it upstairs. 
Uh, he gets Zeus from behind. Braille's freaking out in this control room. He starts to tear shit apart for some fucking reason. He's ripping I out mean, fucking wires and shit. I'm like... Listen, the whole thing he wanted was a fight with Rip. This makes no sense. I mean, this thing had to be a ratings juggernaut, and he is cutting this broadcast off at the knees. Uh, we get a... Uh, he starts... Zeus starts to beat the shit out of Rip. Uh, Rip again gets his super strength and uh, beats the shit out of Zeus. He falls to the ring, falls through the ring. Uh, So that's the end of Zeus there. I guess he's won the fight Rip has. Uh, He takes a chair, throws it through the little control room there. He calls Rip a jockass again. Burrell does. Mm-hmm. And uh, he back, or I guess he backs up and gets shocked. What is? It? Yeah, he shocks his own asshole <laughs> up against the panel. Asshole first. He leads himself into a bunch of live wires. Asshole first. More like shock ass. <laughs> He's got people dying asshole first on five day rentals. Mm-hmm. And then we got ripped. Is declared the winner and fucking oh it he uh rip him Brill is shocked for a good thirty seconds in slow mo yeah they hold it then when he falls down he starts bleeding out of the mouth <laughs> which I didn't notice until the yeah, second time that's the only blood in here yeah and then yeah Rip goes down sees Randy and he literally yells like Randy we did it. Yep, he goes out, gives the old rip him. Rip him! I Kyle, mean, this, Kyle, you got to throw up that rip him, bro. At this point, Rip has just murdered two people, and the crowd loves it. Going wild. He, he didn't touch Brel. He at least killed one person then, which yeah. was Zeus. Brel killed himself. Mm-hmm. Because he knew he could never come back for this. So that's it. That's no holds barred, people. Uh, it's available on Hulu right now, R2B. Uh, 1989. Uh, final thoughts, gentlemen. I mean, I got some stuff here if we want to go through that. Yeah, go for it. This is your pick, so... Uh, Hogan is billed as uh, executive producer alongside Vince McMahon. New Line Cinema released this film June 2nd, 1989. This is right after Hogan appeared in Rocky 3 and uh, WWF at the time wanted to boost his acting career. Thunderlips, right? I, I don't remember. I think that's I who was he trying is to remember that. Rocky 3. Uh, budget was 18 million. This is an estimate. Uh, that was in Hogan's book at the time. I guess that's where that came from. The box office was 16 million, but from what it says, McMahon put 20 million of his own dollar bills up for the film and gave a million to Hogan to star. So technically it was a loss for Mr. McMahon there. I mean, the budget is all up there on screen, so. Came in second place behind uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade when it opened. (laughs) 
So it's shocking how close it actually is. The fact that it's not tenth. Mm-hmm. There must not. Every other studio had the ball or like had the wherewithal to go. Let's not put anything up against Indiana Jones, but it's like fuck it. We'll throw Hulk Hogan out there, see what they do. Yeah. So Dennis Hadkins was hired to write the script. He got it done, sent it to Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon did not like it at all. Him and Hogan went down, or he met Hogan down in Florida. They locked themselves in a hotel room for 72 hours to write the film, which, like I said, I would love to see a film of that. Yeah, just make a documentary out of those 72 hours. That would be, I would pay top dollar for that. Uh, Burrell is based off of Ted Turner of WCW and TBS, the Turner Broadcast System channel. Uh, Ludwig Perkins is Bane and Batman and Robin. We did that. Zeus went on to be an actual WWF wrestler to promote the film, but I guess he only had like three matches. He was also pretty homophobic, I guess. So a lot of his... Like, he had to have his own locker room, and he didn't want to really, like, touch other men and stuff like that. He was very weird about that, they said. He's a uh, big Christian later in life, wasn't he? Oh, was he? Yeah, like... uh, Loser. Him and a few other athletes, like, doing uh, born-again stuff. There's also... This will be a deep cut. Apparently... You can listen to Scott Ackerman tell stories about the Comedy Bang Bang TV show. And he talked about like the rudest person that they ever had on the show. And he never called the guy out by name. Just said that this person showed up and would immediately just say like, give me a chicken Caesar salad. <laughs> Whenever he showed up to a place like that was his like main thing. And when Ackerman was interviewing him, like in between takes, the guy was nothing but an asshole. And uh um so when he died uh when tiny lester died scott ackerman like retweeted it and just said i guess they'll have chicken caesar salads in heaven or something <laughs> like that was his way of saying like oh by the way this was the guy i was talking about so well i read all that homophobic stuff too i i have this article pulled up and it ends with this little snippet where it says and perhaps oddest of all, in Human Centipede 3, he was supposed to play the back of the centipede, but insisted that he be in the front because somehow he felt like that was more hetero. I, t- I have to agree. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess, but... Why even... That's a conversation that we have whenever we cover the human centipede. That's a conversation the three of us have on a daily basis. (laughs) Sometimes in life you feel like the front of the centipede, and sometimes in life you feel like the back. Both of those scenarios are better than the middle. It's No, it's either front or nothing. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It's front or nothing. I don't care if I'm in the middle if I'm not in the front. You get it over with, I guess. Yeah, what's the point? What's the point of being... (sighs) 
I mean, front is definitely the best position. <laughs> we can't get a sponsorship, but it's like, I'm going to make this movie where I sew mouths to buttholes, and then it's going to have fucking four. But people are talking after. about it. It's just like the lackeys to Brell when they're in the bar and they're like, these people are scum. And he's like, yeah, but they're fucking watching it. We're going to make some money off this shit. So guys, final thoughts for No Holds Barred. 1989. Show up for the violence towards women. Stay for Hulk Hogan's French. Certainly not a good movie. Uh, I would have... I could see where I would have liked this or gotten a kick out of it had I been 10 when I saw it. I mean, it was legit not on my radar until earlier this year. Um, I will never watch this again. <laughs> Is I this, don't recommend anybody to watch this. Is this uh, the first time everybody's seen this film right now? Oh, for yeah, sure. Yeah, this yeah, it was same this here. week. Same I, here. I did see Mr. Mom also starring Hulk Hogan when I was younger, but this was a first watch for No Holds Barred. Is it the last? Uh yeah, probably. <laughs> I could see showing someone like snippets of this, but watching the whole thing again, probably not. I thought Mr. Mom was Michael Keaton. It is. Or, but okay, Mr. Mr. Nanny. Mr. Nanny. All right, Mr. Nanny. That's okay. it. And then there, Suburban Commando. Which I almost right. picked. I mean, this was a fun watch. I would say I would recommend it's an hour and a half. Throw it on. It's sort of dated. Yeah. It was. Okay. What what's what's your favorite part of the movie? Not to mean that it's a great part of the movie, but what's something that you I think you get from it? I think I enjoyed the bar scene, I think, the most. Just all the, like, characters and shit in that. I think. If you don't answer the dookie scene, are you even living? <laughs> But when I, I when I seen the Dookie scene, I knew like Kyle's loving this. The <laughs> problem is, is it doesn't maintain though. It you get the Dookie scene and then it comes back down. Yeah, it sets too ridiculous I think, of a reality and then comes back down. I think we needed which is a bummer. Another rip match, like in there, because really he only fights like twice. That I think. He only has 20 lines of dialogue in this whole fucking film. Yeah. Well, don't... I mean, he does... He gets get the limo fight. Then he gets the fight at the diner. Mm. And then the motorcycle chase. 
Who knows? They may have shot another uh, 40 minutes. Yeah. We'll cover the special edition Blu-ray. And that unrated cut that shows that headshot in that diner. If they had just put that in, <laughs> bump up a whole other star in my book. Is it time to rate this beast? I think it's time for uh, a little segment we like to call Rate My Letterbox." Who's going first? I'll go first. I'm going to give... I'm going to give you each a 1.5. I'm going to go... Bones. I'm going to say... 1.5 1.5 Dan 2 I'm going to go with Bones I'm going to go 1.5 and Cron I'm going to go a 2 I am a 1.5 I have to rate this against the rest of the list I think uh, this falls right in with maximum overdrive and I think I gave Strangeland a 1.5 as well mm-hmm. and it's slightly better than Monster Dog just in terms of filmmaking and actually being able to understand what's going on so not the worst one that we've watched so far but certainly not hide for me I would give this a two. This is uh it's not good, but there is enough funny stuff in here that for a single viewing it made me chuckle. I'm uh I'm right there with Karan. That's a that's a two point for me. <laughs> just like I said, it's just nostalgia, I guess. I don't I mean there I think this might get a bump just for having Hulk in it. Like, I grew up in that same kind of... I mean, I watched a bunch of wrestling, so... I knew a dude's wife who once got a bump because she had Hulk in her. (laughs) I think I always go low on you guys. I think if I were to... I think I always go like one or a half point too low. I might bring my own negativity into this did you punch this into our sheet i did it's got a place i did this would be uh this would be right above monster dog currently so this is second to last Oof. damn man i'm doing terrible no i think you're doing good yeah Do you want me to run through the whole list real quick? Yeah, we can run it real quick. All right. Number one, Black Dog. Number two, The Hunger. Number three, Convoy. Number four, Strangeland. Number five, Deep Rising. Number six, Maximum Overdrive. 
seven, no holds barred, eight, monster dog. Monster dog! <laughs> Dead last, man. Shit. Do you think, let me ask you this. <laughs> Is Alice Cooper a better actor than Hulk Hogan? No. No. <laughs> really? Yeah. I think Hulk's an entertainer, man. I mean, well, I guess Cooper is too. Like, they both work in the entertainment field. I guess in front of the camera. Uh, I still think Hulk is the better persona of the two for a film. Plus, if you're comparing these movies, it's sort of unfair, seeing as one character is dubbed or one actor was dubbed. Yeah, that's but. true. I feel like he does a lot more acting in Suburban Commando. He cries in this movie. He <laughs> fights. And that's that's kind of why I picked No Holds Barred, because I was like, well, I've already seen Suburban Commando. I was like, I've never seen this one. Selection Confession. I There were points where I was like, I think Alice Cooper might be a better actor. It, it it's totally possible, but sadly, I don't think we'll. They won't meet on an equal battlefield. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine two co-stars, Alice Cooper, Hulk Hogan? Goddamn! Maybe Tarantino will bring them both together in some ensemble. They'll be Vin- Vincent Vega and. Uh... Samuel's name, Jules. Jules. I mean, he's got. He he keeps saying he's got one more movie left in him. So, mm-hmm. all uh, right, that was no hold bars, to... guys. Thanks, Dan. Said uh... also. Also, thanks for picking one I didn't have to pay for. Mm. It's available on uh, Tubi and Hulu right now. If you want to check it out. Please do. Give us a uh, rating. We're available on Spotify now, y'all. Kron, is it time to reveal next week's pick? I think so. So we started the Big Ass Trilogy by looking at big monsters. Then we went over to Big Men. And we're going to be ending with big guns as we watch Dash Shit. <laughs> Death Wish 3. Yes. Starring? Uh, uh, Bronson. <laughs> Jeez. Were you not ready for this segment? <laughs> no. I meant to pull up the letterboxed earlier. I wanted to say who the director was. And I'd already forgot it because earlier we discussed Michael Winter versus Alex Winter. <laughs> Death Wish 3 from 1985, directed by Michael Winter, starring Charles Bronson. Well, I'm going to get out of here. 
Oh, thanks for stopping by, Mr. Ventura. Yeah. We'll put the I'm sh- hopping on a convoy we'll, we'll put down the- to Mexico. Oh. We'll wow. put the check in the mail for you, sir. Cash, please. <laughs> All right, folks, that was No Holds Barred, 1989, starring Hulk Hogan and Tiny Lester. If you get a chance, check it out. It's free on Hulu and Tubi. T-U-B-I, right? Tubi? Tubby. Tubby. What Hulk Hogan felt like the whole time he was filming this film. Um, Hulk Hogan's still a fucking asshole. Um, Tiny has moved on to the Valhalla. Rest in peace. Uh, to the to the great chicken Caesar salad in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> and um, like I said, if you're a fan of wrestling, definitely check it out. But uh, other than that, that's why we're here. Check us out on Spotify. Uh, episodes added weekly. So there you go. No holds barred, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, guys. Thanks. For I know sharing. you hate leading these. No, it's not too bad. Arrivederci, brother. We got um, Death Wish 3 coming up next week, or in two weeks. One week to you, the listener. Yeah. Yeah. They don't need to know our personal shit. We should have called in Treat Williams. You have him on speed dial? Is he dead? If so, we can tag him in the episode.